Hello, I'm Regina Botras and welcome backstage where we talk with theatre makers from actors, directors, writers, theatre heads and beyond about their life in the theatre and how they got to be where they are now. And my guest backstage is Tommy Murphy. He's an award-winning playwright and screenwriter. His plays have been seen over the last couple of decades in theatres like Griffin, Belvoir, Sydney Theatre Company, as well as nationally and internationally with Holding the Man being produced in places like Florence, Chicago, Nashville and London. As well as Holding the Man, he's written Packer and Sons, Gwen and Purgatory, Strangers in Between and Mark Colvin's Kidney, among others. He's written for the big screen with Holding the Man being adapted beautifully for the screen and Mark Colvin's Kidney in the making as we speak. He's also written for television, having worked on series like Offspring, Devil's Playground and Bloom 2, to name just a few. It's always a joy to speak with him about his work. Please welcome Tommy Murphy. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on during lockdown. You don't shy away from difficult topics and themes, but we'll get into that before we do talk about your writing and everything that you do. I want to get an idea of where you're from. So where did you begin life and what was it like? Was it a creative household? Like what was your family like? It was a very creative household. I'm one of eight children, (gasps) big Catholic family of a lot of people interested in the arts and my parents really championed us to seek careers any, in any field that we wanted to, but um, we're, we're great uh, lovers of the arts. And so I had older brothers and sisters who were, you know, seeking professions in the arts and uh, I followed them really. So was it a house with, I mean, with that many children, you could have like all kinds of plays. Was it that kind of house where you're putting on things or, or mucking about staging things at home? Yeah, a bit of that, like in any mm-hmm. household, like that that's sort of like fun with, you know, dance and performance and stuff. But I think it was also in particular, my older brother was just very good at mimicry. And so I think we sort of, you know, looked up to him as a storytelling teller, my, my brother, Marty, and then. Also, I had my sister Prudence, who was studying photography, and then another sister, uh, Kate, who was a very successful video artist. And then my younger brother, Paddy, works in film producing and development in uh, Los Angeles now. So um, there's just lots of artistic activity around. Wow. So you actually studied directing, as far as I can tell, at night. What? When was the writing kind of coming to the fore for you, and was it already happening? I was always a writer. I, I mean, I was a writer in disguise when I went to NIDA to do directing. There, there wasn't a playwrights course there yet. Ah. And the, but the directing course made for a really good playwriting course because, because you were learning everyone else's language, because you were learning what, what actors do, what lighting designers do, mm. things that are hugely useful for the playwright, as well as all of the sort of dramaturgy that you would do in a directing course. So I had done directing at university, but really I I was always aiming to be a playwright and that was my love. So what are the things that you're drawn to? I mean, as far as I can gather, it seems that relationships are at the core of your work or, you know, drive your story. Is that what you would say? Yeah, I think that's true. And stories around, yeah, relationships, family, and sort of a frankness about sex or an interest in in the way that sex impacts on uh, our relationships or the sort of the the, the drama of that and, and uh, trying to, I guess, like a lot of writers, just aiming simply to, to create uh, truthful uh, emotional lives for our characters. One thing that I did early of course like a lot of writers was draw on my own experience 
and and draw from characters around me and a play like Wedding Purgatory is very much that or a play like Strangers in Between draws directly on my own experience. But I got to a certain point where I felt that my life wasn't going to be interesting enough to keep <laughs> on drawing inspiration from. So I really sought out true life stories and, and, and tried to be a little bit more journalistic for a stretch of my writing, which is where plays like Packer and Sons and Mark Colvin's Kidney comes from. They are, are certainly, truth is stranger than fiction and more interesting in so many ways. They're really hard subjects and that you have drawn on how do you work I guess in the relationship with the people that you're working with or yeah that is the delicate Mm. bit I mean that is the stuff that takes a lot of you know sensitivity and effort and and that I think is the thing that I probably both enjoyed most but put the most effort into when writing true life stories and and that task was different which with each project but I think that began with holding the man and and having such a direct relationship with uh, Tim Conagrave's friends and family during the development of that and and also John Callio's friends and, and some members of his family as well and I guess the experience of that was something that I felt the, the diplomacy of that was something that I think that I became good at and I just realised how much a part of telling someone else's story, that how much of trust is involved there and how much respect it takes. And then that also has to be balanced, though, with creating a cracking story. So you do have to be able to take liberties, but you sometimes have to be able to explain your reasons well or, or gain the trust that you are doing that in a way that remains uh, truthful, if not factually accurate. Mm. Yeah, and it's yeah a little bit of poetic license, but predominantly on the topic. But what I can't help but think is the time uh, needed to not just to write the story, but also theatre making. It, it it's very time consuming. Like looking at, for example, Strangers in Between, from when it won the award to when it was on the stage. You talk about time in theatre and writing and, yeah, how that, what you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it does, it, and it's sometimes in, so unpredictable how long th- these developments will take. They take such patience. That said, I also think there's no deadline like opening night. So, so mm. I, you know, always want to encourage theatre companies to to make that leap of faith and to trust the writer that, that it will be will be ready by then. But it is a balance and it does take careful patient investigation uh, and, and rigour and you do need that space to get things wrong and also you need time in your process to be away from the project as well because that's a really important time of growing the ideas as well, looking away from the work. So I, I have to say, like, in my, my time working as a playwright in Australia, I actually think that the development systems at companies have got better and better. Mm. Um, I, I think that they are they're, they're, they're very good now at inciting plays, about provoking playwrights, but also I think that well, the, play, the theatre companies that I've encountered recently have have very sophisticated um, you know systems um, to develop those plays as well, and and some of the brains 
um, behind that. You know, people like Louise Goff, who was recently at Belvoir, but is now taking over um, the new incarnation of Playwriting Australia. Mm. You know, someone, a brain like that is, you know, just we're so lucky to have them. They're, they're crucial. So you're saying there's sort of more support that you've seen developed over the years now than yeah, there has been. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and that role of the dramaturg I think is pretty good and the and the the way that it works within the company structure. I mean, sometimes it's not, but but mostly I think it's got stronger and stronger. So I can't help but ask, have you looked at anything and gone, oh, oh, I didn't get that right? When you see oh, that? Oh, of course. Yeah? Oh, I would say every play. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. And and, and then you then each each play is a learning experience and you try to apply, apply the lessons to the next one. And, uh, and I'm doing that in particular with a bit of TV writing as well, like trying to draw those lessons from, from being in a room with an audience and, and, uh, and having to work so hard at sort of scene by scene at, uh, at you know, dramatic tension, trying to apply those lessons now to, to television writing as well. But yet they all have their shortcomings and their lessons, absolutely. So how is that different? Because like you said, you draw predominantly, or at least when you began from yourself and then from verbatim, I imagine going to television is com- completely fiction or are you still drawing on characters you know or how does it work? Yeah, look, I mean, I- I've actually sort of shifted uh, in this. I think for the moment I've shelved the the need to tell true stories. I hope that it's a you know an interest or a skill I can return to, but um, it's just not my interest at the moment. And also I feel like I have just I've recently sort of been through some profound life experiences uh, of, of, of a bereavement and I feel like that experience of losing my partner uh, sort of I don't know it feels like it's such a, um, a universal human experience it feels like that's that's the well I can just draw from for a long long time so a few of the projects I've re- worked on recently have in a roundabout way been about grief and um and that's sort of my interest at the moment. So, so I've come back to drawing on my own uh, experience simply because I think I went through enough uh, and that it's interesting enough to, to share, <laughs> to, to, to draw inspiration from. I'm really sorry about those turning points that happen in us and they kind of direct us in some ways. Uh, can, can you talk about certain turning points that you have gone through as a, a writer that have affected you uh, and maybe the people that have supported you along the road, you know, there's sort of sliding doors moments for you in, in your writing career. Oh, completely. Career? I mean, in the arts, we're all so dependent on our mentors and um, and uh, I have certainly benefited from that, from the people that I met uh, at NIDA, that are teachers that I remain friendly with, like Terry Clark or um, Richard Cottrell, people like that, or then professionals that I've met like um, Margaret Fink or a film producer people like mm-hmm. that that just remain your friends and 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 are a sounding board but the key person for me was always David Berthold who I originally met when he was at the Sydney Theatre Company and and meeting David was the key turning point in in my career because um, he was such an, uh, an inspiring uh, director but also um, a communicator and teacher and, and I was just very fortunate that where David went in his career sort of helped me. Like he was at the Australian Theatre for Young People for several years and then uh, the uh, artistic director of Griffin. Um, and in various posts, we've, um, uh, you know, developed work together, most recently Mark Colvin's Kidney. But um, he's now in a, a leadership role at, um, at NIDA. 
So I know that there's now a lot of uh, young people benefiting from from his mentoring, which is wonderful to see. What do you think is something that he may have taught you? Um, the rigor, definitely the rigor. Like right from when I first met him at 16, it was about the rigor of, like I just remember like, the great thing about David was that he, he didn't really speak to to young people as anything but fellow professionals. Mm. And um, that that sort of scrutiny of the work, I remember, I just remember like really on this play when I was like 16, he, he just looking at it and I was sort of saying, you know, that's what this idea is about or what that's what this line is about. And I remember him just really saying, no, well, that's not being communicated. I can't see that. That's not clear. That's not clear. So it's just that that rigor about the clarity of the ideas about what the not what the author's intention was, but about what the play was actually doing, and those are lessons that I you know apply every minute of my writing life. Mm. So you've had your works played not just nationally but internationally. Have you seen any of the productions of like Holding the Man overseas? Or- yeah, I try to. I regret that I haven't seen more of them because <laughs> I'm very lucky. Holding the Man has this, this well, until COVID, was having this um, <laughs> yeah. sort of regular international life. And um, uh, I, I've been to, I most recently went to one in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I've been to, been to quite a few of them. I didn't make it to the Italian one. I, I would have loved to have seen it. Uh, in a foreign language that I, I do get around. I went and saw Strangers in Between in, in London just before. Oh. When was that? 2018. <laughs> um, so yeah, I try. I try to go and see them. Time is very strange at the moment. So are you? I was going to say, are you? Are you like you're working in television now? Was yeah. stage your first love? <clears throat> Excuse me. Stage um, is always my love. Yeah, <laughs> is it? So have you got? I know you've, you know, you said you're working predominantly on television. Are you still have back stories that you kind of chip in on? Oh yeah, I've got, I've got a few things um, sitting there in development. Like as we know, it's a, it's a, a strange time in 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 stage, and I guess there's sort of a few ideas or drafts sitting in the queue uh, during this uncertainty of. COVID, um, but I, I have to say that I've been very lucky in being relatively unscathed and I think most writers have probably fared better than um, mm. certainly than freelance actors and our sympathies, you know, with them and, the, and, and other artists who have, um, you know, had such uncertainty and been left behind at times during the COVID response. Um, as a writer, there were certainly scary moments in 2020 when when projects faltered and and I also appreciate that I'm not one of the playwrights that have had a work you know rehearsing or scheduled and then impacted mm. uh, by a closure of a theatre and there's certainly many of my colleagues that have suffered from that and just in the the, the timing of it and the chanciness of it Packer and Sons closed you know the January before COVID hit yeah, but uh, you know there were some shaky times in 2020, but actually development of scripts in screen and theatre has been able to continue, and the TV work that I'm doing is 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 via Zoom and that works fine. So I'm I'm very aware of the um the chanciness of that and the, and the fortune of it because other people have really suffered from this uncertainty um in the arts at the moment, and uh, I, I can't imagine the sort of heartbreak of rehearsing a play that then you know it's poised to open and then and then the theater closes it must be so heartbreaking oh, it's, it's hard enough to survive in the theater i think without that happening can you That's talk about, yeah you mentioned a little bit about your relationship 
with David Berthold. Can you talk about the importance of relationships in the world or the community, would you say, of theatre making? Yeah, well, I mean, we're all as good as our collaborations, aren't we? I mean, mm. in terms of creating work, it's always as good as that um, the, the team around you and, and no one could you know, pretend that the role of a, of a playwright is an individual undertaking uh, mm. is such a collaborative artwork. And, and that's why you're drawn to it. You're drawn to theatre because you love that community experience. And, and I'm sure for, for screen as well, you're, you're, you're drawn to that, that team effort, the sort of machinery of uh, that, that whole community that has to come together to create work. That's the really exciting stuff. So th- those relationships are key to what we do. And, you know, it's something that whenever I'm speaking to, to younger writers, I always talk about that, of valuing the collaborations and, and, and loving collaborations, loving the rigour of that, r- loving the, the challenge of that, you know, uh, rather than being a sort of defensive, resentful writer who thinks uh, others are trying to tamper with your brilliance. <laughs> One last thing. Are you watching any online theatre or shows or anything during lockdown? I'm, I'm sorry to say that I'm not. I, I found that side of it a little bit downspiriting for me. I mean, I sort of, you know, mm. champion everyone's efforts to keep active in, in lockdown. But for me, I just it made me just crave the real experience yeah. um, more and more. So, no, I think my lockdown is spent watching television or film more than it is filmed theatre. <sighs> Well, Tommy Murphy, thank you so much. Hopefully we will be in theatres again before too long and seeing it in that sort of more visceral experience. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes, let's hold out hope it's not too long. Thanks very much. Well, that was the award-winning playwright Tommy Murphy 